Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 264 of the InSquash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and with the British Open coming up in a few days' time, uh, there's so much to look forward to, so much intrigue there. Uh, the most prestigious uh, event uh, on the calendar, without question, there's so much history involved. And uh, one of the great stories heading into this year is no doubt the successful return of the baby-faced assassin, Kareem Abdul-Gawad, and he comes on the podcast podcast today it's his second appearance uh, on the podcast and uh if you listen to this, uh, you might know that he's uh, he's one of the guys that I really enjoy watching play, and I think probably I speak for uh, the majority uh, of the squash uh, PSA squash enthusiasts out there. Uh, anyways, Cream and I talk about his big win at Abtasia just a few weeks ago, and uh, prior to that, his very close encounter uh, with Paul Cole at Canary, where he lost eleven nine eleven nine. Could have gone either way, really. Uh, also, we discuss the frustrations of the injury that he had uh, over a year ago and it's kept him that kept him out of the game for a year and in the aftermath of that the uncertainty of whether or not he'd be able to play again he wasn't sure it was really frustrating for I think for us as fans of Cream, just to watch him uh, play uh, even during the period leading up to when he decided to, to stop playing, uh, you could just tell he wasn't able to do, uh, wasn't able to move the way he wanted uh, and the way that he could. But uh, And finally, uh, we talk about his road to recovery, and uh, that's an amazing uh, story. I know you'll love uh, hearing about that. And we also discuss about the challenges uh, preparing for these uh, events uh, over the Ramadan period. Uh, we talk uh, a bit about uh, how he approaches that. Um, so that's Kareem Abdul-Gawad here on episode 264. But before we get into that, let's talk about the incredible things going on at our sponsor, Open Squash, the New York-based nonprofit dedicated to bringing thousands of new people into the sport by making it more accessible and more affordable for everyone. Uh, they've brought on board several like-minded PSA pros, all of whom are playing in the British Open this week. World Former world number one, Ali Farag. He'll be back and uh, looking to make uh, further inroads in, on his comeback, uh, speaking of comebacks. Victor Quinn, who's always a threat and looking to improve over the last few events. Gina Kennedy's back playing the squash that we know she can play, and she's looking to move up even further in the ranks. They're all Open Squash sponsored players. Open Squash is really excited at the moment, and this is particularly uh, relevant if you're in the vicinity of the New York uh, City area, or if you know of anyone uh, in the New York City area, you can pass this on to them. Open Squash FIDA is now open for membership registration. Their irresistible offers will get you bouncing through the door to check out this brand new state-of-the-art facility with eight new courts. That's right, eight new courts, including a glass court for daily use, a a squash-centric gym, and the full range of classes and clinics. You uh, and the members at at their Bryant Park facility are are used to. Open Squash FIDI promised promises to be their next sold-out squash center. Here's the deal. Sign up today, confirm your membership with your first monthly payment, and the first 100 players to sign up get two months free or get one month free if you sign up for FIDI before we open. 
An annual commitment with monthly payments is required. Now, one of my personal favorites, uh, everybody, coming up here on episode 264, uh, the baby-faced assassin, he joined me for his second appearance on the podcast like a kid in a candy store I was, and I know you're going to really enjoy this chat with Kareem Abdul-Gawad. Hello, Kareem. Hello, how are you? Hey, Ramadan Kareem. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you and your family are uh, doing well. Yes, everything is good. Thank you. And you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still a pretty good weather here. You know, it's starting to warm up, uh, but we've got a few weeks left before the real, uh, as you yeah. might imagine. You can probably remember what it was like during the uh, the Super Series finals uh, when it was really hot here. Uh, You're in Dubai? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dubai, we 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 came in uh, like two years ago in April. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was a, a couple of years back. It was at the uh, the golf club, Emirates Golf. Club, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, uh, uh, Kareem, first of all, uh, uh, thanks for your time today, and I just want to say a huge congrats uh, on the uh, on your win at Optasia. Uh, that was a, a, an amazing uh, performance throughout that week. So I'm just wondering. Um, Heading into that event, I mean, you just come off a, a pretty solid performance against Paul Paul Cole in Canary. Uh, yeah. So, how uh, much confidence did you have heading into uh, Optasia after uh, Canary Wharf? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, in uh, Canary, uh, Black Bull and Black Bull and Canary, I was uh, thinking too much about. Uh, uh rankings uh you know i was uh, i was out for 10 months but i wasn't uh, i didn't have any points that will be expired uh until march or actually january uh so i was still in the top 20 uh, uh so beginning of march i had like all my points are getting expired from march mm-hmm. until may uh so like nine tournaments will be expired in like three months so i was thinking too much about the rankings i was thinking about the next season like uh, i uh, i might not be able to participate in tournaments because my rankings would be uh a bit back so uh, i was thinking too much about the rankings in the first two tournaments uh after canary wharf like uh, my ranking was 38 so uh, i talked to my uh, uh mental coach and i talked to my uh uh, Omar Blaziz, my squash coach, and uh, is, they said like they things won't get worse than this, so just go on court and and enjoy uh, being back and don't think about rankings, don't think about points, just enjoy being back on court, and that's what I did. Like uh, uh, I was enjoying every moment. Uh, I was thinking about every match by match. I wasn't thinking about points. I didn't even calculate points or think. Uh, of anything except being on court, enjoying playing, and uh, um, I'm uh, at the end. I won the tournament, so I'm glad that uh, it happened. And uh, suddenly, I'm back in uh, in the top twenty again. So I couldn't wish for more. Absolutely, yeah. I mean that that's the way it looked to me. I mean, it looked like you were back to the old uh, Kareem there in, in Optasia, even against uh, Paul in that match. But it really. Uh, I think I saw, or I was speaking to Jethro Bins, and he was telling me about the the power rankings that they have now. And you're you're the guy who who has the uh, the the most points uh, through their their power rankings. Uh, the latest update on that. So mm-hmm. 
as a result yeah. of your your where you were 38 and now up to 20 so yeah yeah you're moving up yeah <laughs> back to where you belong but yeah. uh yeah i was going to ask you I, I guess in in that match against paul and obviously uh you know he's uh former world number one like yourself uh the two games uh, that you played was only best of five but they were both 11 nine uh just wondering uh was that the, how you felt there in those games when it got pretty tight and very close uh was it more of a mental thing maybe lack of that that type of close match play in a really uh important situation or was it something else exactly like this also happened in black bull against shurbagi uh in the fifth game uh, uh i lost also in like uh, two points difference uh and this also happened against paul so I mean, even if you you've been on tour, like for for example, myself, I've been on tour since two thousand eight. I think uh, I gained so much experience being on uh, court, playing tournaments, uh, being uh, f- uh, former world number one and world champion. So I gained. I think I gained so much experience. But at the end of the day, this is the first time it ever happened in my career that I'm out for almost a year. So uh, coming back from an injury. Coming back from uh, after losing seven kilos of muscles and uh, uh, ten months of doing nothing, uh, so coming back after a, a long break, uh, I was uh, actually uh, there was lack of matches, lack of uh, match match experience. Even those guys like they they've been playing the last year, playing like a lot of finals, a lot of uh, matches, a lot of tournaments, and I was I, I wasn't. So I think that was just lack of. Uh, uh, ma- uh, match experience in the last uh, few months, like uh, uh, the pressure of the matches, like pressure of the tournaments. Uh, but uh, but I was I was sure like I'll I'll be back soon. Like uh, losing losing just a couple of points with the top guys uh, was was a good thing. Like was a good sign for me that uh, I'm not far. I was uh, uh, I wasn't too far from them, and um, I was sure that. Uh, at a certain point, uh, I can beat the top guys and uh, I can be back in uh, uh, rankings. I, I mean, yeah, I'm in the top 20 again, but this is not my goal. Like, I, I wish for better and uh, I'll work for better. Absolutely. And in, in Optasia, you were certainly uh, one of the outside favorites heading into that. You were, I wouldn't say you were one of the favorites to win it, but you had you had to get past the favorite uh, going into that event, and that was Diego Elias. Now, you... Uh, he retired there in the fourth game, but you you took that third game. It was 12-10. How important was that? I mean, had he won that third game, uh, uh, do you think it might have been a different story? Would uh, maybe maybe the fourth he might have given it a little bit more? Yeah, um, I mean, uh, when I read uh, Diego's speech, he he said he had uh, uh, some pain in his adductors, but at the same time, he was. Uh, Pissed uh, from the ref and from himself. So, uh, if if he won the f- uh, third game, uh, I think it was it was going to be a completely different story. Like I don't think he was uh, uh, he was going to uh, retire, even if he was uh, in pain. And I'm sure he was in pain. But uh, but I think like uh, he'll he'll give it one more push to 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 finish the match. Uh, so. Uh, I'm glad I won the uh, uh, third game. Uh, of course, like that's not the way I want to win, and uh, uh, wanted to finish the match till the end. Um, uh, of course, I wish him 
best of luck with the recovery and uh, uh, wish him best of luck. He's, he's almost world number one, like I think one yeah. match away or something to be world number one. And I'm sure he will very soon. So uh, uh, I wish him to be back in the British Open and World Championships. And he's, he's been playing very, very uh, nice squash in the last couple of years and he's been improving a lot. So uh, I think he deserves to be world number one. And I think he'll he'll be world number one soon, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, he's definitely raised his game uh, to another level. He He's worked on his fitness, I think, something that you've worked on uh, a bit in the past, too, and you saw really good results with that. And um, he uh, he definitely has shown it in the last uh, few events. So, that, that I mean, to win that third game against uh, the in-form player uh, that way, that definitely gave you confidence uh, going through. Now, uh, in that tournament, as you mentioned, it was Diego and I think Mohamed uh, – both of them, yep, Mohamed yep. El Shabagi, both of them had uh, the opportunity to uh, to take number one, but neither of them did. And uh, as it turned out, I mean, you and uh, Yusuf Solomon got to the final. Uh, you had a really interesting uh, match. I mean, all the all the matches you had going through weren't easy. You you played uh, Yan Yao. He's a talented former world junior champion and, and a good match with him. But the one that I thought was quite interesting uh, was against uh, Baptiste and uh, – He's a strong, talented, athletic uh, guy who who really you know seems to be playing quite well. And in that match, it seemed like it was right. He he had a bit of momentum, and then you seemed to catch up and win each of those three games. Is that how that turned out? Yeah, I mean, Baptiste also is one of the guys who uh, improved a lot in the uh, last few months, and uh, has been beating top players also in the. Uh, lost few tournaments, so he's uh, he improved a lot. Uh, uh, he he improved the way uh, uh, he plays the game and his movement on court, and has uh, uh, been much more mature. Uh, so I uh, I mean I I watched him the last few tournaments, and uh, uh, I was looking forward to play him. Uh, I think we played once in uh, Chicago, like few years few years ago. Uh, but it was like a completely different story this time because he has improved a lot since the last time we played. Uh, so going on court, like uh, I knew it's 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 gonna be a different story. Uh, I focused from the very first point of the match. I was trying to uh, just not give him a chance to, you know, Baptiste is uh, uh, he gets excited, like really excited during the match. So if he felt like he's close to uh, to win and he gets the uh how to say it uh, uh yeah. the yeah the confidence of of the game yeah. he'll he'll be much more difficult so that's what i tried not to give him like i tried to focus from the beginning i tried to uh to win every single point since the very first game you know i'm 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 normally a slow starter but with him like yeah. i i focused from the f- first point of the match uh first game i was up like i think 7-2 or something and then at the end like i won the first game like very close so that's the thing that i'm talking about if he gets the confidence he'll be much more dangerous in court uh so i just focused from the very beginning till the very end and i was pleased to win in three so i didn't yeah. give him a chance to feel confident on court it will be a very different story so i'm pleased to win in three of course is that something that uh, maybe you 
worked on during your time away? Is that something maybe you thought about was uh, getting out of the blocks a little more quickly? And uh, obviously you did that against Baptiste or was that something you, you kind of thought you had to do against him in particular? Uh, so what do you mean like uh, uh, fast on the blocks? Fast from the, like a, like a sprinter when he gets, when he starts the race very quickly. Right. So when you, uh, when you started the match uh, against Baptiste, you got out of the yeah. blocks very quickly. Is that something, uh, as you mentioned, it's not something like uh, that, that seemed to be one of your, your slow start. You yeah. were a slow start. Yeah. Is that yeah. something you thought about while you were away from the game? Or is that something that you only sort of thought you had to do against him? Uh, something that I have always tried to do, actually, not not only against him, but like, and even before my injury, uh, you know, like it's it's not good. Like most of the times, when you lose the first game, it puts mm-hmm. you under pressure and uh, it makes things more difficult. So uh, this is something that I normally was trying to uh, to work on it, even uh, either with uh, my mental coach or my uh, squash and fitness coaches. So uh, I, I was trying different strategies, like. Uh, uh, different kind of warming ups. Uh, uh, maybe uh, sometimes I worked on the mental side because I I thought maybe I'm not m- mentally hundred percent in the match when when I start the match. So that's things different things I worked on during my injury. I, I was I had different things to to worry about more than losing the first game. You know, so uh, <laughs> absolutely, uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I I mean I. I try my best every time, like uh, doing my warming up, doing my pre uh, preparations before the matches. I try to focus more on the match. Uh, try to get myself more in the matches before b- before the start of the matches. So uh, I always try different things, and uh, sometimes it works, sometimes uh, it doesn't. So uh, I mean, like I try different things, and hopefully, I'll find something that will work better with uh, with my body with my body and my uh, mental side yeah it seemed to definitely work and it worked in the final as well i mean uh yusuf solomon he's a guy that i've been you know we've all seen uh he's super impressive on, on the court he he has such a great game he, he a great basic game and great short game he has a uh, the whole package so uh i mean for you to win that match the way you did uh uh, was impressive, but how impressed are you with, with uh, the rise in Yusuf's game? Because he he played extremely well uh, last week, especially uh, uh, when he took out uh, the way he beat uh, Mezen uh, Hisham, who was just on fire in that match when they when they played. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was very nice match. I mean, like I watched the match and uh, they played a very nice match. I mean, from the very first point to the very end. Uh, Yusuf, I mean Yusuf, also one of the players who improved a lot, and uh, his his kind of game is very athletic, very athletic. Uh, his uh, his also like his twenty six or twenty seven, but he's very mature on court. And uh, I mean, we played three times before, and one one of them he uh, beat me in uh, uh, world championships. So uh, yeah, his the way he plays the game, his. Uh, he reads the game very well. He uh, put uh, different plans uh, during every match. Uh, uh, his, uh, his, I mean, he's moving very well in court. So he has many weapons to to worry about when you play against him. So uh, uh, in the finals, like uh, I think one of the advantages 
was in, in my side was he had a very tough match the day before and uh, my match was a bit easier than his uh, tried uh, tried not to extend my match uh, and take advantage of the long match they had and the tough battle they had the day before uh, I think physically in my match he wasn't 100% uh fit for the match uh i was 100% fit i was 100% ready men- mentally for the match i was I think more hungry than he was uh, in this match mm. uh particularly i mean for sure he was hungry because it was the first uh gold finals he, uh, he had in his career uh, so he wanted to to end it in, with a win for sure but i was i mean from my side i was more hungry i was out for a very long time so I was really hungry to to be back uh, lifting a trophy again after a, a long break. So, uh, I mean, I, I was ready. I was more ready mentally and physically than he was in the final match. Uh, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. There. I was going to, uh, my very next question was, uh, you know, uh, having one, uh, having one uh, in Optasia, uh, you've won so many big titles over the years, including in the world championships. Uh, but given what you've, uh, you know, what you've been through for the past year, Optasia, uh, that win must rank, it must rank up there in terms of important wins in your career from your, from your perspective, right? Of course, like, uh, as I, uh, as I wrote on my Instagram, it's uh, this, this tournament will always be very special to my heart, you know, uh, after like, uh, like an injury that I wasn't sure that I'll be back on court again. Uh, I, you know, I visited a lot of doctors here in Egypt and uh, outside Egypt, and most of them said that uh, you know I can't I can't come back from this injury and I, I can't play squash again. So uh, uh, I was uh, like I had almost no hope to be back on court, uh, but I, I'm glad I didn't give up. And I've been uh, looking for doctors and I've been traveling a lot until I. Uh, found this doctor in uh, Germany that was recommended by my physiotherapist and uh, he said like there's he actually told me like as this uh, 70% that I can't be back on court again and there's a 30% hope that I'll be back so I uh, I prepared myself men- mentally that I'll be back like I that 30% I took it as it's uh, 100% so uh uh, I believed in uh, in my in 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 myself that I can be that I can come back from this injury. Uh, I uh, I was traveling to the Germany every uh, second week for uh, uh, different injections, mm-hmm. and uh, at the end, like coming back, playing, and also winning a tournament. This will always be very special to my heart and. Uh, uh, of course, winning like the world championships and winning platinum tournaments was very special. But this one will always be very special to my heart and a different, different one. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was amazing just to see you out there moving the way, moving so well and so quickly, and, and seemingly, uh, you know, you seem to be quite you know as fit uh, maybe as you've ever been. But I just want to ask you just a little bit about about the injury. Uh, for how how long had you been? sort of dealing with, with that because uh, i mean there were there was about a it was almost like a year there where where you you were kind of struggling with with something was it uh, it was definitely the foot so 
during while you were playing, uh, going dating back, how long were you sort of dealing with that on court while you were playing before you had it looked at? So uh, I had at the beginning of uh, the virus, the coronavirus. So it was in uh, uh, final, uh, the final match in Manchester 20, 2020 against Churbagi. Uh, I had I had a massive pain in my foot and uh, in my heel. Uh, and then after Manchester, just I couldn't travel anywhere because of the virus and all the hospitals was, uh, uh, you know, closed for the uh corona patients so i couldn't travel anywhere and uh, i've been tr- uh, visiting doctors here in egypt uh, i had mri done here in egypt and sending it to different doctors around the world and uh, and had like zoom meetings with them mm-hmm. uh, and then i started uh, I-, I found a way like playing with uh, you know different uh, silicon uh stuff uh, that i wear in my uh, heel uh, it was better but like i couldn't move well on court because it was very hard to move with a uh, lot of layers uh, that you wear in you, your feet you know squash is a tough sport and it's very physical sport so you have to be 100% ready for for the matches and the things that i w- was wearing it was helping not to feel that much of pain on court uh, but like it wasn't 100% good for the movement. Uh, it was much slower, but like for my, for for me, like as long as I'm on court playing tournaments, that was enough for me. Like, and I also took like a cortisone injection, local cortisone injection. That's painful. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually it helped me like not to feel as much pain as I was feeling. But at the end of the cortisone, like at the end of the period of the cortisone, like I was in a massive pain, like I couldn't even walk as a normal person. Uh, that's uh, that was like in March 2022, uh, two months before the World Championships when I stopped. Uh, after the World Championships, I said like uh, I couldn't even walk. So like I, I can, in my normal life, I can't even walk. Uh, I can't even put my foot on the on on the ground so uh, i said i have to stop uh t- i traveled and uh, i saw this doctor and i started uh, taking my treatment from uh june until half january mm-hmm. and then uh, half january he gave me the okay to start training again so i trained from half january until uh beginning of march for, for black bull okay yeah, that I mean, um, and what was the? Di- it wasn't obviously it was more serious than like a plantar fasciitis, right? It was something else. No, it wasn't plantar fasciitis. Like plantar fasciitis was going to be much easier than this. So the doctor I visited in Germany, his uh, his his the best in uh, Europe in the foot and ankle, is uh, specialized in the foot and ankle. Uh, he told me like I had. Uh, a tear in a fat pad so the fat pad that protects the heel from the Im- impact on the on the ground when you when you lunge or when you run so there's something that protects the bone from uh, impact on the uh, uh, on the ground so i had a tear so the fat pad consists of different layers of tissues so i had the old tissues it was completely tear in them and uh, so every time i lunge or something i was 
just hitting the the bone itself. So it was very painful. Uh, that's something. Something, for example, he told me like he's the one. He's the best in Europe, and he told me like, I've been in this career for forty years, uh, dealing with all professional athletes in soccer, uh, all 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 sports, and you're the first case that ever came uh, to me like this. Like I've never seen it. Like we, this is something we studied in college, but there's no studies that ever made on this uh, injury. Uh, so we don't know actually how to deal with this. So he said like. From my experience, there's just two things that we can do. We'll do like a PRP injections four times, once every couple of weeks. Uh, or the second option is a surgery. Uh, and I don't suggest the surgery because it's only a 20% uh, success rate. And if it didn't work, then there's nothing else we can do. Like we can't go back to the PRP uh, in injections. So he suggested the PRP and that's what I did. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, you 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 looked very good in the last couple of tournaments. I'm just wondering uh, how you feel physically. Do you feel like you're sort of back to where you want to be, or or is there still some work to do in terms of your fitness and strength to get back to 100? Uh, percent I mean, of course, I need more. Like uh, at the end of the day, like I only trained for a half of half uh, a month and a half. Uh, yeah. And that's 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 a good preseason if you're if you're playing uh, the whole year. So taking a break and then train for month and a half or two months is is good. It's a good preseason. Mm. But after losing seven kilos of muscles and after uh, just staying home for ten months is is um, is not enough actually. But I did I did very well to uh, to recover from my injury and to. Uh, to uh, to you know to uh, get things uh, much better in like in a month in a month and a half. Uh, I think my fitness coach uh, Diana she uh, she did a great effort uh, bring bringing me back on track uh, in just month and a half. Uh, so of course I, have yeah, to I saw thank some of the, uh, the 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 footage you had on on Instagram. It helped me. It helped motivate me in the gym too. Yeah, yeah. Good I mean, stuff. she's uh, <laughs> yeah, she's very good, and she's very well educated, and she's she's working with uh, you know like many professional athletes. So she mm. uh, she's American, but she lives here in Egypt. So I'm lucky to have her here in Egypt, and she did very well to bring me back on track in just month uh, month and a half. Yeah, well, you looked superb in in the last few events. So keep keep it going, Kareem. Now I just wanted to ask you just a couple of just a couple more things here. One, uh, I'm not sure if it. I think it probably was uh, this way even when uh, just before you had your problem. But uh, just in terms of uh, uh, when it comes to on court movement and interference, like do you uh, right right now the big uh, topic is free flowing squash, right? So. In your opinion, do you try? Do you try to play through? And I think you do. Uh, just judging from what I've seen, uh, do you try to play through like minor interference, or do you do you think officials should uh, uh, take into consideration uh, like all interference? And should it be? Should we be getting just simple lets in uh, situations where there's even just a little bit of interference? I mean, it depends on the interference. Like I'm. Uh... I'm with the school that squash is uh, 
there's a lot of interference, like it's an interference game and there's a lot of interference going on. Uh, but I'm with the school that uh, it's 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 good to to have the, the game going on and uh, uh, try to uh, to push players to uh, to play through interference. But depends on the interference, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the referees try to uh, to um, you know to uh, make the the game on 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 the go like much much faster and everything but uh, sometimes they don't they don't see that that some interference you can go through so mm-hmm. and sometimes uh they need you to find a, a line to the ball and sometimes the line is direct to the opponents uh direct to the opponent so i'm with the school that it's much better to keep the game going but at the same time uh there's a huge difference between a minimal interference and a sufficient interference and that's the thing that uh, uh referees f- from my opinion has to differentiate between the two interference because some interference you can go through and uh I'm not like uh, like you know any player they just can push every time to go to play the ball it's not you know it's it's not a wrestling game it's it's <laughs> better to to yeah. To yeah. find a way to the ball if you don't have this way so it's a simple let yeah absolutely uh i think that's uh generally what what most of the players are saying uh, the the simple let seems to be uh it's not uh, not as easy to get these days and when there are these situations where interference occurs yeah exactly yeah uh i was just going to ask you as well like when we we see a lot these days sort of in uh issues uh in the game with the with interference uh, you know obviously mustafa saw he's been banned and a, a lot of not just him but a lot of players are arguing uh with officials um do you think uh, over the past couple of years the game sort of has changed a little bit this way has it become sort of more argumentative uh on the court or has it always been that way uh, from my side, I think like it's been like this for uh, for years now. Like I think since 2016, I think they uh, they they changed uh, the way of the the refereeing. I mean, the refereeing since 2016. Since 2016, they they tried to uh, to minimize the the lets as much as possible, and it's either a no let or a stroke. So. They've they've been trying to uh, to work on this strategy since years now, since seven years now. For for I think, for my opinion, not only the last couple of years, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think it was since two thousand sixteen, if I remember correctly. But uh, uh, yeah, it's I a think they, one, isn't it? With the I mean, the officials obviously the referees, Lee Drew and TSA, they're trying to do their best to make it more clear, and, uh, and they're trying to create the rules so that we have a more free flowing uh, squash. But still, there's a lot of uh, confusion. I think uh, it will always be like this, you know. Squash, unfortunately, is is a sport that uh, there will be a lot of arguments in it because it's uh, it's it's a small court and two players are moving in a small court is uh, the way like sometimes in the same uh, in the same match people would think like this guy is blocking and some people would say uh, the other guy is not going to the ball and is not doing the maximum effort to 
to go to the ball. So this will always be like uh, arguments in, in the matches. And uh, I think it's a very tough job for the referees to uh, differentiate differentiate between uh, a player who's trying to clear and another player who's not trying to go to the ball. So uh, it's uh, it's a tough job for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, Kareem, I know uh, it's Ramadan, as as we uh, talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm here in the UAE and, uh, you know, uh, I'm experiencing the Ramadan experience as well. Uh, you have some big events coming up, obviously, the prestigious, uh, uh, arguably the most prestigious event on the tour, the British Open, lots of history there. And then you've got the World Championships uh, not too long after that. Um, how does, um, you know, how does Ramadan season impact your, your training? I know you're, you know, obviously you're fasting and you, you break your fast at, uh, 6 PM or, or so. Uh, so I'm just wondering how, how you go about uh, preparing for these events under these, uh, uh, celebratory, uh, circumstances. Uh, yeah, of course, training in Ramadan is, uh, challenging, like, uh, Normally we train like uh, twice in the morning and once in the evenings and in Ramadan you can you can do this so uh, we try to uh, to push the morning training as much as possible before uh, uh, iftar like uh, from my side like I try to play like um, a thirty minutes or a maximum forty minutes with a coach my squash coach and then uh, uh, do like a fitness session. Uh, if it's not too physical, like I'll do it uh, before iftar. If it's too physical, I'll I'll push it to after iftar, and just do like a, a feeding session with the coach before, and just the physical or the uh, fitness session after. If it's not like if it's just st- strengthening and mobility and stuff like that, I'll do both before, and I'll uh, do like a match after afterwards. But uh, training in Ramadan, of course, it's it's hard, but uh, it's also a nice experience. So. Uh, uh it's a month that uh uh just a month and a year so uh, yeah. uh it's it's nice to train and uh something's different yeah some something different so uh, i'm just wondering what your go to uh, uh for iftar anyways i know joey and, and the boys from squash tv might think you're heading out for pizza or something uh uh for iftar uh, what's your go to meal uh, uh for uh, to break your fast Pe- I've been very pe- pepperoni with the, with pizza. The no, <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> no, I've been I've been very strict with my diet. I'm uh, I'm working with a nutritionist now, so uh, I try to uh, uh, break iftar with uh, with uh, uh, some uh, like uh, three dates and a cup of milk, and mm-hmm. then ten minutes after, like I go with a, a plate of pasta or rice with uh, protein and salad. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. So just uh, uh, carbs and uh, a carb meal with a bit of protein for to be able to practice again, like two, two to three hours after iftar. That uh, sounds ta- sounds tasty though. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, last thing, uh, I've got a question from one of our listeners. His name is Tabs, and uh, he's uh, he's a huge squash fan. His son is a an up and coming junior. And uh, he wants to know his, this is his question. Why, why is your backhand drop so good? You know, <laughs> like every, every player has, uh, is gifted like in, uh, in a way or so. And this is the gift that, uh, 
I was I was gifted and uh, I just tried to uh, to work on it and uh, try to uh, to use it more in uh, different different ways and like since I was young like I had I had this particular shot that I was playing the best in my game so I tried to uh, uh, upgrade it as much as possible and try to uh, have different shots from from the back end and i glad i'm glad i did yeah i think i mean one of the impressive things in the last couple of events i mean you you talked about your speed and obviously you're you know having your foot 100 healthy is important but when you you're moving so quickly into the front you use that don't you 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 have the rat you prepare it as if you you know you're moving in so quickly but then as tabs mentioned your backhand drop is so good that you're able to just play it from from the speed that you're you're moving into the front corner you're you're able to play that nice delicate drop shot anyways that, i think that's what he's referring to that 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 shot there yeah like uh as i said like it's it's good to have different shots from the same uh, same position and of course like this is i had like i always had a nice uh, backhand but i always tried to would have different shots from the same position so it gets it's more trickier for the for the players and that's something like every time every every since in a while i tried to add a different shot from the same position until like i had uh three or four shots that i can play from the same position so it's something that's good to add to your game for sure 100% Kareem. Well, I, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I want to wish you all the best uh, at the British Open World Championships coming up, a big, uh, uh, two big tournaments to finish uh, the year off with. And uh, really happy, uh, most importantly, really happy to see you out there playing uh, great squash again. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Well, I'm still all fired up after that one. Kareem Abdul-Gawad showed up big and uh, second time, as I mentioned, that he's been on the podcast and just so happy uh, to have the opportunity to talk about uh, his comeback. I mean, it's so great to see him playing uh, that level of squash again. Good to see him back. And he's definitely, if he's going to be able to stay healthy, which he appears to be, uh, he's going to be contending at all of these tournaments. And that just makes it that much more intriguing. And speaking of which, uh, he has an intriguing first round match with Miguel Rodriguez, the Colombian cannibal. Another, uh, I mean, there's so many of these guys that I, I guess I could say are my favorite players, but Miguel's one of them too. I mean, he's, you know, sort of stereotypical, uh, has this reputation for being uh, very fast and diving and around the court and doing the uh, Disco time, as the PSA Squash TV guys like to say. But uh, just to me, I mean, he he has such tremendous ball control. He can do so many things with the ball. He's a pretty good shot maker. He His uh, speed allows him to be very deceptive, and uh, it's always fun to watch. And uh, obviously, Kareem, uh, one of the best shot makers out there and super fast as well, and uses his speed uh, to create a huge amount of deception. And he's silky smooth, so we've got so much to look forward to in that match. That will be fun to watch. I hope it's going to be, I hope it will be uh, uh, televised on Squash TV. I'm assuming it will be. Uh, so, really looking forward to that. And speaking the British Open. 
coming up tomorrow or the day after, R.J. Mitchell will be on, and he's been producing some incredible content over there at Squash Mad of late. Recent uh, interview with uh, Jahangir Khan. Uh, believe me, I've been trying to land Jahangir on this podcast for a long, long time. Uh, I thought I had it one time and uh, sort of fell through. But uh, anyways, RJ has a great piece up there with uh, Jahangir and uh, he's had several others uh, over the last little while that are very, very good. And I'm looking forward to breaking down the British Open with him. And uh, that's going to be interesting as well I mean he's very passionate about the game and I'm sure he'll have some some very hot takes and some very uh, well-informed takes because he knows his squash so uh, looking forward to uh, talking British Open uh, on the eve of the British Open with RJ Mitchell and uh, following that with any luck we're going to have England's uh, national team head coach David Campion on and again another appearance for him he was on uh, probably about a year and a half two years back So I'm looking forward to catching up on all things uh, Squash England and I'm sure much, much more. Uh, And everybody, uh, again, thanks so much for listening. All the best with your squash as usual. And uh, again, RJ Mitchell coming up very soon on the eve of the British Open with any luck to break it all down. Goodbye now.